0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Through the grace of God, we will study tonight chapter 12 from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. St. Paul started in the previous chapters to defend his apostleship. Because some false teachers accused him that he is not a true apostle. And although St. Paul understands it is foolishness to boast or to defend himself, but he had to do this in order to defend his ministry and in order actually to confirm his people to whom he preached Christ to confirm them in the faith. And in chapter 12, St. Paul continued to boast about the visions and the revelations. But when he spoke about the visions and revelations, he spoke about a person. He did not say, this was me, but he spoke about another person. Because St. Paul knows that if he speaks directly about himself, this will be considered foolishness. And when he spoke about himself, he said, I boast in my infirmities, I boast in my weakness. As if he is saying, if I am speaking about myself, I should only boast about my infirmities, about my shortcomings, and about my weaknesses. But if I am going to speak about the visions that I saw, I cannot speak about it in a direct way. That's why he said, I know a person in Christ. This person was himself, but he spoke about him as if a third person, not himself. And here there is a lesson for us, not to boast about ourselves. This is not a Christian attitude or acceptable Christian behavior. So in chapter 12 from verse one to six, he spoke about the visions and the revelations. Then from uh, verse seven to verse 10, he spoke about the thorn in the flesh, the physical infirmities that actually God allowed him to suffer in order not to be exalted by the abundance of visions and revelations. Then, from verse 11 to 13, he concludes his boasting by mild rebuking, by mild rebuke uh, to the Corinthians because they compelled him to do it. If they believed his apostleship, he wouldn't have to boast, but because they doubted his apostleship, so he had to boast, so as if they compelled him to boast, that's why he rebuked them. From verse 14 to verse 19, he responded to one of the accusations that was made against him by the false apostles, that they accused him that he did not receive any financial support from Korans because he did not trust them and because he did not love them. That's why St. Paul responded to this, affirming his love uh, and his confidence in them. And finally, he explains that everything he did to the Corinthians, he did for their edification and he was concerned lest when he visit corinth he will find them did not repent so he will find them uh, different than he wished to find them and also in this situation he will be again compelled to discipline them and definitely they didn't want St. Paul to when he comes and visit to be harsh and uh, discipline them. That's why he expresses his fear that when he comes the conditions will not be what he and they wish. This is the summary of the chapter and then actually we will read it verse by verse. From verse 1 It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. St. Paul started by saying, without doubt, it is not profitable for him to boast. And this is actually a teaching to all of us. It is not profitable to boast. Many people try to speak about their achievement and they boast uh, about what they did. But St. Paul told us, don't uh, think it is profitable. It is without doubt uh, unprofitable. But for me, I had to defend my apostleship. That's why I know this is foolishness, but I was compelled to do it. St. Paul felt that it was distasteful to speak on himself but he was compelled because of the criticism of the false apostles and of his adversaries. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast, I will come to vision and revelation of the Lord. That is the last thing, visions and revelations. What is the difference between visions and revelations? Visions are the supernatural things revealed to the spiritual eyes. Vision, supernatural things revealed to the spiritual eye. Revelation are the divine truths revealed to the human spirit. So when God reveals some truth, some divine truth to my spirit, This is called revelation. It's revealed by God. Vision, when I see with my spiritual eye supernatural things. Verse 2. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows such a one was caught up to the third heaven. I know a man in Christ, this man was St. Paul. But St. Paul actually felt it is not proper to speak about the visions when he says, I was the man who was caught up to heaven. That's why when he spoke about the vision, he spoke in the third person tone and from verse 7 in the same chapter we know that this man in Christ was Saint Paul he said 14 years ago if this letter was written in the year 57 AD then Saint Paul was caught up to heaven in the year 43 AD 43 AD, this is about the time that St. Paul was at Antioch with Barnabas, as we read in Acts chapter 9, verse 29 and verse 30. But we can affirm that this vision did not happen during the time of his conversion, because his conversion happened 20 years earlier than uh, the time of writing this epistle. So I can say he was caught up to heaven six years after his conversion. Some people may say maybe this vision was the vision that was mentioned in Acts 22 verse 17 when St. Paul uh, was taken into trance in uh, the temple. But actually this trance in the temple was too many years after uh, he was caught up to heaven. So uh, this event did not happen during the time of his conversion and also it is not the trance that was mentioned in Acts 22, verse 17. St. Paul said, whether in the body, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. So St. Paul actually is teaching us that a person caught up to heaven could see and hear without the body could see and hear without the body. Hence, the human spirit is not material. The human spirit is not material. He said he was taken up to heaven or caught up to heaven to the third heaven. So what is the first heaven and what is the second heaven? The first heaven is the heaven of the birds the air around us, in which the bird flies. The second heaven is the space in which there is the sun and all the stars, the galaxy. The third heaven, it is beyond the air, beyond the sun and the stars. It is called the paradise. And as I told you, St. Paul did not use the first person, he did not say, I was caught up to heaven, because it would be as if he was glorifying or glori- glorying in his own exaltation. And this is not proper. The word paradise was mentioned three times in the New Testament. The first time in Luke chapter 23, verse 43, when the Lord said, to the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in the paradise. Second time when St. Paul mentioned it in Second Corinthians chapter 12, the third time was mentioned in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, when the Lord said, he who overcomes will eat from the tree of life which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The paradise is the waiting place for the righteous until the second coming of Christ. So, St. Paul actually was taken up to the third heaven, the paradise. Verse 3. And I know such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. He repeated again, whether in the body or out of the body. He didn't know when he was caught up to heaven, whether he ascended to heaven with his body or without his body. He he did not know. Verse 4, how he was caught up into paradise. So St. Paul is saying that paradise is the third heaven. And heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. He heard words inexpressible. What does it mean inexpressible? That it was not uh, right to reveal these words in human speech. It is not possible to reveal these words in human words, in human speech. But he did not say inexpressible only he said it is they are inexpressible words and also not lawful for a man to utter. So as if God prohibited St. Paul from uh, sharing with, with us these words, he said it is not lawful for a man to utter. So he heard the words that would be neither right nor possible to reveal in human speech. nor possible because these words are inexpressible and not right because it was not lawful for a man to utter. Verse 5 Of such a one I will boast yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. Of such a one I might glory, I might boast, but I will not glory as considered in myself. When I speak about the me ascended to heaven, I will not speak as if it happened to me. I will speak about, you know, as if it happened with another person, a third person. But if I want to speak about myself, I will speak about my weakness and about my infirmities. If he glories of himself, it will be in his weakness. Verse 6. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. St. Paul is saying, I am not refraining from boasting about the visions directly, as if it happened to me directly. Why I, I am not refraining? Sorry, I am not refraining because I am not saying the truth. No, actually, I am saying the truth, and I have the evidence that I am saying the truth. So. If I desire to boast about the visions, actually I will not be fool. I will not be a fool because I am saying the truth. If I should boast of such a vision, actually it will not be considered foolishness because I am telling you the naked truth. But why actually I am refraining and I am speaking as if it happened to another person, not happened to me. St. Paul is answering this question. But I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me or be to be or hears from me. St. Paul is saying, in two different occasions, people thought of me as God. When I healed the cripple in Acts chapter 14, Verse 12 and 13, people thought of me as God. When actually I shook off a vapor from my hand, people thought of me as God. So what they would think of me if I disclosed these revelations and these visions as if it happened to me? I don't want to mislead any person. I don't want any person to think of me more than who I am, more than who sees in me or more than he hears from me. Because those who allow themselves to be thought of more highly, they deprive themselves of God's honor. As the Lord Jesus Christ told us, in John chapter 5, verse 44, and John chapter 12, verse 43. So, if I misled you to think of me more highly than who I am, I'm depriving myself from God's honor and God's glory. St. Paul refrained from speaking about these visions and these revelations as if they happened to him, Lest the people think of him more highly than he was. So when he spoke about these visions and revelation, he spoke as if they happened to another person, although they happened to him. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. It is clear from this verse to be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation, it is clear that the vision that he mentioned in verse 2 about quoting up to paradise, it happened to him. And God wanted to keep St. Paul humble. That's why he allowed Satan to attack him with a physical disease. And he said, a thorn in the flesh. Thorn in the flesh was a physical disease, painful physical infirmity. Most of the scholars say it is it was disease in his eyes, as he mentioned in Galatians, Chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. It was a disease in his eyes. Why he said, messenger of Satan to buffet me? Because uh, all the physical evils are due to the sin and fall of our father Adam and Eve. And hence all the diseases are ascribed to Satan. That's why he said, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. God was able actually to prevent it, but he did not prevent it because he used this disease in order to prevent undue exaltation. That's why God wants St. Paul to be humble. So he allowed this disease and this thorn in the flesh as a way to humble St. Paul. Verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. St. Paul prayed three times that this disease may be removed. If it was a disease in his eyes, this disease actually may prevent him from traveling, may prevent him from reading, may prevent him from writing. That's why he prayed three times that God may remove this disease in order to be able to read more, in order to be able to write more, in order to be able to travel more. But actually his first and second prayer were not answered. Or No answer came to St. Paul. No answer came to St. Paul. That's why he prayed three times. Verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God answered him in the third time. So maybe we pray one time, two times, three times, and and we don't hear an answer. Maybe God is waiting to give me an answer in the right time. And the answer to St. Paul was no i will not heal you many times we do not accept no as an answer when we pray for example for the healing of somebody dear to us and god did not heal does not heal him we become angry and we say why god doesn't listen to our prayer but saint paul is teaching us today that god may answer our prayers by saying no. Not all the time God will say yes to our prayers. He said no to St. Paul. But that gives St. Paul the reason why he told him no. If you, Paul, is healthy, if you are healthy, then actually you will serve relying and trusting your physical abilities. But if you are weak physically, then you will serve trusting my grace. And my grace will be sufficient for you. My grace will will provide you with the strength to travel, to write, and to read. And actually he wrote more than half of the New Testament. He traveled almost between three continents and he was reading until his martyrdom. So God told him my grace is sufficient because when you you realize that you are weak you will allow my strength or my power to work to its fullest in you. My strength is made perfect in weakness when actually you realize that you are weak, then my strength will work to its fullest, will be perfect in you. So the Lord answered his prayer, not by removing the disease, but by giving him grace to bear it, to put up with it. And by the assurance that St. Paul's sense of weakness, when he realized that he was weak, caused by the thorn in the flesh, fitted him to receive the divine strength. So when you realize that you are weak, actually you will receive the divine strength. What was the reaction of St. Paul? Was he angry because God did not heal him? Was he upset with God because God did not heal him? No. He said, therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me." He took pleasure in infirmities because the infirmities will make him fit to enjoy the power of Christ. So he said, I am happy that I have these infirmities. I am happy that I have all these sufferings because these sufferings and these infirmities qualify me to receive the power of Christ. It is when we feel our weakness that God strengthens us because they bring us to a sense of our helplessness. When we feel we are helpless, then God actually will make us strong. Verse 11. I have become a fool in boasting You have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended by you. For in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostles, though I am nothing. St. Paul, after he finished boasting, when he looked back on what he had written, he found that he had done fully by boasting and by praising himself then actually he is rebuking the Corinthians, telling them, this ought not to have been done. I, I actually, I shouldn't be boasting about my service or what happened to me. But actually you, the Corinthians, compelled me to boast because you did not commend me. If you commend me and you accepted me as an apostle, I wouldn't have to boast. When he said, you have every right to commend me, for in nothing was I behind the most eminent apostle. The most eminent apostle, St. Paul is referring to the false apostles, false teachers, who had claimed at Corinth to be leading apostles. So as if St. Paul said, in nothing, Was I behind those who claim to be the most eminent apostles? Though I am nothing, though I am nothing, means St. Paul is very, very humble. He said, I know that I am nothing, and if anything in me is good, it is because of God, not because of me. Verse 12, truly the signs of an apostle, were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. While preaching at Corinth, he demonstrated his apostleship with all perseverance of those who opposed him. That's why he said with perseverance. He endured all the false apostles who actually opposed him and attacked him. And This did not cause him to leave his service. Many of us, when we find troubles in service, we want to quit. But St. Paul, in spite of all these opposition, he endured with perseverance. He told them all the signs of the apostles. God sent the apostles with signs and miracles. He told them, all the signs of the apostles were accomplished among you. And I want you to notice here, St. Paul did not, save, did not say, I accomplished among you. But he said, "were accomplished. As if he is saying, it is God who accomplished these signs in me. It is not me who accomplished these signs, but it is God who accomplished these signs through me? That's why he put himself as a worker in the background by using the word were accomplished, not the word I accomplished. Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance, in signs and wonders and mighty uh, deeds. So he's telling them. You have enjoyed every privilege of the most highly favored churches. As happened in other churches, as wonders and mighty deeds and signs happened in other churches, you have experienced the same. Verse 13. For what is it in which you were inferior to other churches, except that I myself was not burdensome to you. Forgive me this wrong." The one thing, the one thing that they were different than all the churches, that St. Paul did not receive monetary support from them. St. Paul refused to take any financial support from Corinth, as he explained uh, in the previous chapter they complained that he had preached them without charge to them. And why St. Paul did this? As he explained before, the false apostles were actually taking advantage of them in greed. So if St. Paul took money from them, he would give opportunity to the false apostles to take more and more money from them in a greedy way. That's why St. Paul Refused to take any money from them in order to compel the false prophets not to receive any money from Corinth and thus will not take advantage of the Corinthians. But the false prophets, the false apostles, they actually accused Saint Paul uh, that he did not love the Corinthians and he did not trust them, that's why he did not receive any financial support from them. So his accusers said his declining support from them was a sign of lack of confidence and lack of love for them. So St. Paul told them, you are not inferior to any other church except in, in this one thing. I did not burden you with my uh, expenses and if this was wrong I am asking your forgiveness that's why he said forgive me this wrong if this was wrong forgive me but as he will explain he insisted to do this to edify them to protect them not because he did not love them not because he did not trust them verse 14 now for the third time I am ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you for I do not seek yours but you for the children ought not to lay up for the parents but the parents for the children St. Paul is saying for the third time I'm ready to come to you, which means he visited them twice before. The first visit when he founded the church. The second visit while he was preaching at Ephesus. But this second visit was not mentioned in the book of Acts. St. Paul said to them, When I come again, as before, I will not be burdened to you. I will maintain myself, I will support myself this third time. Why is that? St. Paul uh, started to make his argument that he did not receive any financial support from them not because he did not love them, not because he did not trust them, but actually to protect them and to provide for them. He told them, I don't seek yours, but I seek you. I'm not seeking your money, but I'm seeking your salvation. The false apostles, they are after your money, but I am after your salvation. I don't seek yours, but I seek you. This is a very important principle to us, the clergy and to the servants. We should not be seeking yours. What do you have? but we should be seeking you, your own salvation. And he told them, I am your spiritual father. Let us look at the biological fathers. The children ought not to lay up for the parents, but actually the parents lay up for the children. In the same way as your spiritual father, I am actually laying up for you. I'm not expecting you to support me. Me as your father should support you. As biological parents do with the children, so I, your spiritual father, will do the same with you. Verse 15. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. St. Paul, he told them, I am not asking you to provide for me or to support me. I am giving you the word of salvation, the bread of life. And as a loving father, I, I am glad to spend on you, to spend the money on you. And also I'm glad to be spent for you. Myself. To be spent for you to get tired to persevere accusation to persevere persecution to endure even this for your sake as a father i am willing to give up my life for your sake although the more i love you the less i am loved with you but this is the unconditional love of the servant without the return of his love, he actually willing to give more and more to spend and be spent for them. Verse 16. But be that as it may, I did not burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you by cunning. Some people actually accused St. Paul of craftiness. They told to them, St. Paul is telling you he did not receive any money from you. But this is not true. Because he received money from you through his messenger. When he sent Timothy, or when he sent Luke, or when he sent Apollos, actually, by sending these people, these people took money from you and gives this money to St. Paul. So St. Paul actually is refuting this accusation. He told them, you may say, granted that I did not burden you myself. Nevertheless, being a crafty, I caught you in my net was cunning. I made gain of you by means of others, by using others to collect money of you. So even the false apostles accused St. Paul that he was lying to them. When he told them, I did not burden you, he was lying. Because by craftiness and cunning, he took money from them by the messengers. St. Paul explained this in verse 17. Did I take advantage of you? By any of those whom I sent you? So St. Paul is asking them, Did I make a gain of you by any of the messengers or helpers I sent you? Did they demand anything? No, they did not demand any money from you. Verse 18, I urged Titus and sent our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Did we not walk in the same steps? He said, yes, I sent to Titus with the other brother that he mentioned actually in Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 18 and 22. Maybe this was Luke or Apollos. Yes, I sent to Titus and the other brother. But Titus and the other brother did not ask any money from you. Did not take advantage of you. So, These accusers are lying to you. Because Titus and the other brethren walked in the same spirit, in the same spirit that's inwardly, and the same steps that's outwardly. So they followed my example both inwardly and outwardly. So I didn't use craftiness. I didn't use any cunning to actually uh, make gain of you. Verse 19. Again, do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? St. Paul is saying, do you think that we are defending ourselves before you, before like a human court? Do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? No. We speak before God in Christ, but we do all things beloved for your edification. St. Paul was concerned lest anybody misunderstood him as if he is defending himself before them. He told them, no, I don't want to defend myself before any human being. Actually, I only concerned about my words before Christ. I'm speaking before God. Why I'm defending myself not just to uh, appear as righteous before you. No, I'm defending myself and I'm explaining this for your edification. I did everything with this one goal, one aim, to edify you. My only object is to build you up, not actually to clear my image before you. So St. Paul, when he boasts, St. Paul, when he glorified. St. Paul, when he commended himself, St. Paul, when he defended himself, he didn't do all these things in order to clear his image. No. He did this with one main goal for your edification. But we do all things, beloved, for your edification. He did everything that will edify them. This was his only object to build them up. Verse 20. For I fear, lest when I come, I shall shall not find you such as I wish. He's saying, "I'm, I'm saying all of this, and I'm trying to edify you, because I am concerned that when I come the third time, I will not find you repentant as I wish. And that I shall be found by you, such as you do not wish because if you did not repent when i come to you i will discipline you severely and actually you do not wish to see me in this way that's why now i'm trying to edify you so when i come to you i i i will not be compelled to discipline you harshly and also you will not see me as a harsh Uh, father disciplining his children. So he spoke because he feared that when he goes to Corinth, uh, he would have to rebuke severely on account of sins which he find. For I fear, lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish, lest there be contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, backbitings, whispering, conceit, tumults. All these sins that he mentioned here are sins of division that divide the church into parties. And St. Paul, Paul is telling them, I'm concerned when I come. I found you divided against uh, against yourselves. And here, actually, I will rebuke you severely because if you are divided against yourself, you will give place to Satan. Any kingdom, any church divided against itself will be destroyed. And I don't want uh, the church at Corinth to be destroyed. Contentions like debates. Strife. Jealousy, envying, when they envy one another. Wrath, outburst of wrath, this wrath is like the destructive anger, when we yell and scream and abuse one another. Selfish ambition, actually self-seeking division, when we are divided because everybody seeks his own interest. But is slandering openly. Whispering, slandering in secret. Conceits, puffing up of yourself. Make yourself more high than who you are. Cumulates like uproar and turmoil and division among themselves. These are some sins, as I told you, sins of division that St. Paul was concerned when he visited. Quran, uh, he will find them divided against themselves. Also, because the Corinthians were Gentiles, were idol worshippers, another concern that they will go back to the sins of the Gentiles. That's why in verse 21 he said, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you and I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented of the uncleanness fornication, lewdness, which they have practiced he told them I am also concerned lest some of you continue to live in the sins of the Gentiles without repentance and he mentioned here three sins uncleanness it is uh, when the married people uh, commit adultery or have a fear. Fornication, when unmarried people have a fear or commit adultery. Lewdness, when they commit sins against the nature, like homosexuality. Lewdness is sins against the nature. And these sins were common among the Gentiles. That's why he uh, was concerned lest they relapse and fall in the same sins which he rebuked so severely in the first and second letter to Corinthians. But St. Paul said here, when I come again, lest my God will humble me among you. God may permit To humble the priest or the pastor by the sins of his people. That's why he said, lest I will be humbled by the prevalence of sensual sins among you. God may allow this to humble the the priest. The priest is humbled and mourns, as he said, I shall mourn the fall of his people as though they were his own sins. When a priest or a pastor sees his people struggling with sexual sins or sensual sins, this will humble him before God. And this actually will make him mourn as if these sins, his own sins. And St. Paul said, maybe God wants to humble me more if I come and I find you struggling with these sins. But I want you to repent. I, when I come to you, I don't want to see the married living in uncleanness or the single living in fornication or anyone among you living in a sin against nature in, in, in lewdness. So this was the chapter in which St. Paul defended himself, his apostleship by speaking about uh, the visions. Then he spoke about the thorn and the flesh. And he explained that when he refused to take any financial support from them, this was for their edification and as a sign of his love to them, not the lack of love and lack of confidence. And he concluded the chapter by his readiness to come and visit them, but they should repent and they shouldn't actually uh, put themselves in a situation that St. Paul had to rebuke them severely. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.